0: welcome monsieur sit yourself down and meet the best innkeeper in town a gent of good intent who's content to be bastard. hi and welcome to the circle of film podcast i'm ryan this is the moana statistics episode and i, I haven't stopped listening to the music from this movie And it's just... Oh, man. The music is what ultimately swayed my rating for Moana. And... I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda deserves every... Whatever he gets for this. He probably deserves it and more. Because I think this is some of the best music we've had in a Disney movie. uh, In quite some time. Uh, I think it surpasses Frozen. Frozen. And uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't recall the exact timeline of Disney animated musicals. Just going backwards, but it feels like it's been a quite some time. And like re, even like Frozen was three years ago. So it, it's we've we've been due. We've we've been due to be fair. So so let's get into this. Um, so Moana, as I mentioned in last yesterday's episode, I was uh, kind of trying to figure out where it landed in the low to mid-90s. Um, I was having trouble placing it, and like I just said, the music really swayed me, and I gave it a 95. I gave it a 95, which makes it my current number three of the year uh, behind Arrival, which still has the number one spot, and Zootopia in number two. Um, Both of which are films I do feel like I need to rewatch before I I solidify the end of the year list. You know, everything else on here, I feel very comfortable with, very confident about. Um, Even Zootopia, I feel very comfortable about, but having just watched Moana, I do think I should probably revisit Zootopia. But I'll probably wait until after I see Sing for that. Uh, but Arrival especially, I I really kind of suspect that I will lessen my opinion on it after watching it a second time. But I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I can't say that with any certainty. And, you know, it's not like uh, Inside Out. It's not like Mad Max. It's, you know, it's not like Whiplash or Boyhood where, you know, I was like, I watched and I was like, this is amazing. This is like the best that i've seen at the time that i'd watched them for that year and i felt that way about arrival but just to a much lesser extent so i do want to revisit that um yeah definitely because like i've listened to a lot of people talk about it and you know there's definitely a lot of arguments on both sides of of things so we'll see we'll see if i get around to to doing that so, yeah, Moana, 95, really, really impressive, really impressed with this movie. Uh, I watched it on the 22nd of November, so two days ago at this point. Uh, I clocked it at an hour 41 minutes. Um, it's got a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes currently. And uh, my brief synopsis is, a young woman must leave her island home in order to save it and her people. Uh, I, I was trying to think if I wanted to factor in the Maui character, and I really didn't—not in the summary, because it's really Moana's movie. And so, yeah, it's just—it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, we've got four directors credited for this movie. Uh, the first two pairs, actually. So there's Ron Clements and John Musker, who, if I'm if I'm looking at this, let me see here, they are. They are the primary directors. I've seen seven films that they've actually directed, but I only have, this is only the third one on the spreadsheet currently. So I fully expect that if I actually put, well actually, hold on. So the ones on the spreadsheet that I have right now are Moana, Bambi, and Aladdin. And this doesn't even count Bambi. What? Oh. Clements. Let's see what IMDB says about this. It doesn't... Oh wait, that's writer. Oh, well, then they didn't direct Bambi? Where did I get that from? Who the fuck directed Bambi? Uh, James Hogar Samuels Armstrong. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Oh, that's a different Bambi. Uh, well, I will edit that at some later point Uh, so, I guess I only have two of their films tallied here at the moment Uh, just Moana and Aladdin and with those just those two films they are ranked 42nd and the films that I am missing that they've been directed are The Little Mermaid, Hercules, Princess and the Frog Treasure Planet and The Great Mouse Detective. Now, The Great Mouse good Detective and Treasure Planet are not stellar films. I, they're not negative films. I think Treasure Planet is the weakest of the seven that he, they've directed. Uh, so there's a chance that its inclusion will temper the overwhelmingly positive. You know, like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Princess and the Frog, Hercules, Moana. All great films, in my opinion. Uh, so... I'd expect them probably to dip to the, like, the 70s or 80s after I put in all that data, but for now they're 42nd, so really good. Uh, and then the other pair is Don Hall and Chris Williams, who are credited on this movie as co-directors, uh, which I don't really see that designation very often on IMDb, but As far as I'm concerned, that just counts as a director, really. And so that's what I'm crediting them as. Uh, The only other movie I have them on here currently for is Big Hero 6. But they also have directing credits on Bolt, which I've seen and gave a solid uh, rating to. And uh, yeah, so... That would probably drop their their score though, because it is as good as as decent and solid as Bolt is. It is no Big Hero Six. It's no Moana. So they're currently both at one hundred sixty first, but I expect that to drop. Moving on to writers. Uh, again, Musker and Clements are here, with uh, credits for. I think I might have just. I think what I actually did. Hold on a second. Yeah, so when I put Bambi in, I think I just meant Little Mermaid. <laughs> and I just messed that up. I think that's what actually happened. Um, oh. Yeah, I'll just unwind a little bit. Little Mermaid. All right, so that makes more sense. So there are Ron Clemens and John Musker as directors. Apologies are 26th overall now. Uh, so just outside the top 25 with the 25th spot currently going to Alexander Payne, director of the Descendants, election, sideways. Uh, anyway, back to the writers. Musker and Clements 21st overall for Mo- just for currently credit for Moana, The Little Mermaid, and Aladdin. And, uh, but there are actually a ton of writers on this film. So then there's also Jared Bush, who was also a credited writer on Zootopia. This jump bumps him up to 64th overall. Uh, Don Hall, who I have credited for Tarzan, moves up to 164th. And then Chris Williams, Pamela Ribbon, Aaron Kendall, and Jordan Kendall. This is all their first credit from the data I've put in so far. And it starts them off at 222nd. So... You know, Moana, a huge boost for pretty much every person that was involved in it, honestly. Uh, so we can just go ahead and sort these now. And that's pretty awesome. I'm really excited by that. Moving on to actors. Uh, best actor featured in the film is Alan Tudyk, who, if you don't recognize him as a voice role, is actually... Um, credited as Hey Hey, so the chicken, or as well as villager number three. And I don't know which villager that is. I'd probably have to rewatch the movie to remember and re- try and recognize the voice. Uh, but I, I mean, I guess he did the sounds for the chicken. So there's that. And this moves him from up to 129th. So about 140 spots moved up. Uh, it's the 21st film I've seen from Alan Tudyk. It's his second best overall, which raises his average score to a 68.71. His fourth film rated in the 90s to bring his value up to 33. And his score ultimately up to 101.71. Uh, so he gained about five points off this movie. And the only movie that's better than it that he's been a part of is another 2016 film, Zootopia. Uh, where he voices um, something, I don't remember, I'll have to look, I can look really easily if I just click the button, he voices Duke Weasleton I knew that, Duke Weasleton Duke Weasleton yes, uh, the next person on the list is Nicole Scherzinger, uh, the singer, who is the voice of Sina or Moana's mother in the movie, and who was born in Honolulu, so accurately representing the Pacific Island Hawaiian nature to this movie? And she, the only singing she really does is in the uh, initial song by the whole village. Um, so, you know, that's that's about it. Which is a shame, but you know, I understand that. Uh, this is only the second Nicole Scherzinger movie, the first being Men in Black 3. This is better than that. So, this is her best film that she's been a part of. Uh, it brings her average rating up to 86.5, it brings her rank from just outside of the top 1,000 to 398. Uh, with value of six, it gives her a total score of 92.5. So she gained 12 and a half points from this movie, which is kind of ridiculous. It's a huge jump. Next, uh, we have Jermaine Clement, voice of Tamatoa, the shiny crab. This is Jermaine Clement's t- first best film, and his first film rated in the 90s. His eighth film overall. Bring him to an average rating of 67.25, a value of 11, and a total score of 78.25, uh, which gives him a rank of 1,137, um, who, surprisingly, was also in Men in Black 3. Hmm. Then, moving on to the next person is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, one of the lowest people on this list or perhaps the lowest person on this list. This is his 17th film uh, far and away his best film uh, and only 90's rated movie. Uh, His second best film is The Other Guys which I gave a 77 and so this brings his average film rating up to a 47.65. Very low and his value up to an even zero. His score up to 47.65, so he was ranked 2947, he is now ranked 2740th. And lastly, a new addition to the spreadsheet for actors uh, is Rachel House, who is the voice of the grandmother, uh, Grandma Tala, in the film. This is her third film that i've seen uh with a previous one of the previous films being a film that came out this year called the hunt for the wilder people which was a great movie and the first film that i saw her in i saw many many years ago uh which is whale rider which is kind of a very similar movie although to be fair i haven't seen whale rider in a long time so what i'm remembering of it could be a little shaky, but it does feel kind of like a slightly more live-action version of Moana. I mean, they're very, very different movies, but they're also similar in some ways. Uh, So, she debuts with three films, a value of 11, an average film rating of 90.67, really freaking high, and a total score of 101.67 for a rank of 130th. That's really, really impressive. And, you know, she has not been in many films total. Uh, you know, she was in uh, this some film called White Lies from a while ago that I don't know anything about. Uh, she was in Eagle vs. Shark, which I have not seen. Um, she's been in a lot of TV shows. Um... No. Soulmates, Wolf Creek, uh, and then some guest guest spots on some other stuff, but nothing per, too prominent. So yeah, those are all the actors in Moana. Um, nothing that touches the top one hundred, but you know, definitely a lot of movement for some significant people. Uh, as far as genre goes, I give it an adventure cat. An adventure, check mark. Animation, obviously. Comedy, yes. Uh, but pretty much the comedy is only because of the inclusion of uh, Hey Hey the Chicken, because I think without Hey Hey, it's not really a comedy. It, it's just more of an adventure, with like some humor. You know what I mean? Uh, but having Hey Hey in there distinctly makes it a comedy. It's also a fantasy film and a musical film and it counts as an animated disney film uh it flies past the Bechtel test perfectly uh plenty of conversations between moana and uh, her grandmother that passed that test it is a pg film that falls just shy of my top 100 i think it lands in the 120 range and the imdb top 250 is kind of uncertain it's gotten really good ratings so far but it's still short it's very many reviews short of reaching the 20,000 review threshold uh, that imdb necessitates it hasn't been you know obviously hasn't been nominated for any oscars but so i'm looking at this and i think i think it it has to get a, a nomination for song if not two. I think it definitely gets a nomination for song. As far as what song. Just to check here. Um. I think How Far I'll Go is the best song that's in the movie. I you know, Shiny is pr- definitely not gonna get nominated. Um, You're welcome. I think is just outside of that conversation as well. And, you know, there's <sighs> hmm. hmm. I'm going through the track list here. Uh, um there's probably let's see, like where you are is is kind of average. You know, it's definitely one not one of my least favorite songs from the from the soundtrack. Uh, we know the way is really good, and features uh, actual lyrics and music from. Uh, native speakers. uh, You know, and and Lin-Manuel Miranda is one of the singers in this song, which is really great. But I, I do think How Far I'll Go is a lock, and I would say You're Welcome is the only other one that has a chance right now for for original song. I definitely see it getting an original score nomination. I doubt it gets a win for that though. I don't know what will win currently. Except La La Land, I think La La Land is presumably going to win original score, but hopefully Moana can take song because you know, it's sure to get an animated featured nomination, but I think that Zootopia is going to win that category this year. And I think it deserves to even though like they're only one point different on my spreadsheet, I think so like I'll naturally I won't be terribly disappointed if Zootopia loses out to Moana. Uh, but I think that Zootopia is the better film. And uh Yeah, I, I think that's it. You know, I don't I don't think the writing of the story is good enough for a screenplay nomination. You know, I think Zootopia would have a better chance there. But I, I think it's unlikely that either of them gets in for those categories. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where, we're, where I'm at as far as Oscar talk goes. Uh, you know, again, Zootopia beats it out for my personal best animated film for this year. And, uh, yeah, so as far as 2016 goes, Moana is the 132nd film from this year that I've seen. It is the 993rd film from this year that I've seen. And it, it clocks in as the 35th adventure film, the 18th animated film, the 61st comedy, the 23rd fantasy film, the 9th musical, and the 3rd animated Disney movie. Uh, along with Zootopia, and then the short film that played before Moana called Inner Workings. It raises the Bechtel test barometer to forty-three point six one, uh, so it, it actually fell a little bit uh, between this and the Edge of Seventeen. Was that the last statistics episode? I think. I think so. It is the eighteenth PG film this year. Uh, and this that's, that's a lot of PG movies so yeah this oh man I can't recommend Moana enough I really hope that a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of people go to see it I think it's a very special movie and you know really if you have the chance to take some time out over the Thanksgiving weekend, I really recommend you go see it. So, that is the statistics wrap up of Moana, Uh, great, so now with the second part of today's episode, I wanted to look at animated films, so I have two lists on Letterboxd. One is my top 100 animated films, which includes every single animated thing I've ever seen, ranked, and then a second list that it, uh, simplifies the list down to just Disney films. Uh, but it doesn't—it ha- doesn't have a cutoff point, so any Disney animated film I've seen is just added to this list. But it ignores things like Pixar or. Things that are tangentially Disney. Like Nightmare Before Christmas. And Moana makes an imprint on both of these lists. So it's currently the fourth highest uh, Disney film. Animated Disney film that I've seen. Uh, First being Mulan. Second being The Lion King. Third being Zootopia. Fourth being Moana. Uh, I've talked enough about Zootopia. So The Lion King for me is for a very long period of time was my favorite movie ever i saw it when i was young and at the time you know my my grandparents could not find this movie to buy it for me and then it came out on dvd at some point in like the mid aughts and we maybe the earlier, maybe like two thousand two, two thousand three ish. And I, I feel like I ran that disc into the ground watching this movie. I am in love with the Lion King. I went and saw the Broadway musical. It's literally the only Broadway musical I've ever seen, and I thought it was fascinating. I have both this movie soundtrack and the mu- the Broadway soundtrack on my computer on my phone i listen to them constantly you know i've read up a lot on uh, oh what's his name uh jason rays who is the original broadway cast member that played simba and oh his performance of endless night is breathtaking and i was so shocked And so saddened when I found out that he committed suicide uh, some number of years ago. And I was just devastated by that. Because this this is a movie that really means so much to me. You know, it... And like, it meant so much to me before my dad passed away. And then afterwards, it only heightened my connection to this movie. You know, I felt the the grief that Simba feel and, uh, you know, I just I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, what he has to go through. You know, because like I never felt like it was my fault that my dad died and he legitimately felt like it's his fault and he's not completely wrong in thinking that. You know, it's it's obviously, he shouldn't blame himself, but that doesn't mean it's not partially because of him. You know, if he wasn't in that canyon, Mufasa would not have tried to save him and would not have ended up dying at that specific time in that specific way. Now, obviously, there were external forces that caused these events to happen Scar, but you know you know that's still that had to has to be such so painful to to come to terms with and you know the songs are great the animation was quite good for the time and the characters are really fun and and simba is such a troubled character you know And i mean he's based off of an incredibly one of the most complexly written characters ever in Hamlet so you know there's definitely a lot there to unpack you know like talking about his guilt over Mufasa is just scratching the surface and so The Lion King is oh man a heartbreaker I, I have given it a 97 and that makes it the number two animated Disney film that I've ever seen and then number one is Mulan. And I think, I, I feel like since Mulan has come out, I think that overall opinion of it has somewhat fallen. And I'm not 100% sure why that is. And I remember listening to another podcast talking about Mulan. And they, they rewatched it. And they, like me, remember it fondly and feel that it is a very female-empowering, uh, non-white portrayal of characters, you know, you know just and, and, and very representative in that way. You know, the cast is, you know, you've got Ming-Na Wen, who, who is now on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Voicing Mulan. You've got Lea Salonga, who is the singer for Mulan. And like just looking at all these names B.D. Wong, Sung Tech Oh, Frida Foshen, James Hong, Pat Morita, Harvey Fierstein. Uh, uh, you know, you just, you, there's so many non white people. George Takei, uh, James Shigeta uh you know there's there's a lot of non white actors in this movie as there should be you know some of the singing voices are white such as Donny Osmond uh, and you know Eddie Murphy, but like eddie Murphy plays a dragon, so you know it, it's it's uh, i i just <laughs> I think that Mulan has some of the best music and I think Mulan as a character is one of the best female characters that Disney has made. She's she's strong. She is comp- entirely capable of pretty much anything she wants. She single-handed well, she single-handedly spearheads the campaign that ultimately defeats the Huns. It's a gorgeous movie to see. And, you know, I, I remember, the po- like I was saying, the podcast talked about how they remembered it being very female-empowering. And I think that it is. Except And then they looked at it, and they saw it through this other lens that kind of treats it less that way. And I, I can't remember exactly all their, um, all the things that support the opposite idea, but, you know, for me, just looking at it, you know, it's not that you have, you know, you don't, she, she joins the army, has to pretend to be a guy, I don't see that as the movie saying, you can't do things unless you're a guy, because that's not the case. You know, like, because at the end of the movie, the only way for her to stop, uh, whatever the Han's name guy is, Fazu, is that it? No, that's not it. Um, Shang, no, Shang is, uh, the emperor. I think it's Fazu. Mm, I feel like that's the right one anyway it, it's you know she has to be herself and in her own way to accomplish victory at the end of the movie and you know you she's in this world she you know being in the army being around all these males she, in this time period she's surrounded by... All of these guys who are constantly belittling women, constantly saying demeaning and sexist things uh, tame, you know it's a kids movie, but still demeaning and sexist. but it's not as far as I'm concerned, it they're not being portrayed or said in a way that indicates that the film agrees with these opinions. you know these things are constantly being said and you see Mulan, being upset or not okay with what's being said and constantly trying to prove to these guys even though she does they don't know that she's a girl but trying to like outdo them you know the way she climbs to the top of the pole and gets the arrow uh and kind of it's implied that like it's her that spearheads their training and how they all kind of start to get good at that kind of stuff during the uh, i'll make a man out of you song because, you know, that's that's the contrast That's the beauty of it, you know Here you have, you know, Shang Singing about how, you know He needs to make a man out of them That's how they're going to be able to fight the Huns And yet you have Mulan, who is a woman Who's the, you know, standout soldier In the army, in this group And, you know encourages and enables everyone else to kind of have to meet her standard and while none of the other characters know that she's a woman at that time that doesn't change the fact that she is a woman and is completely defying the very notion that you that to be good at fighting to be a a strong representative for your country to protect people you have to be a man because she Laughs in the face of all of those ideas, and I—I I just find I find this movie so empowering, so powerful, so strong, and I—I I really, really, really enjoy it. And I—I'll I, admit that a couple of times in the past I have toyed with the notion of dropping it a point or two here or there, you know, like. You know, especially like listening to that podcast, I was like, "Oh, maybe I have this all wrong." And ultimately, I my my resolve stays firm. And I like, no, I think I have this right. This is one of the best movies, one of my best movies in my opinion. Uh, so, Moana slots in at fourth. Now, as far as t- my top one hundred animated films, stretching out across every production studio. Moana statistically slots in at 22nd. Uh, So I'm just going to run down the films ahead of it real quick. And so we'll start at 21 and we'll work our way up. So Toy Story 2, Neon Genesis Evangelion, The End of Evangelion, Logorama, The Lego Movie, Grave of the Fireflies, Zootopia, Finding Nemo, The Lion King, Wolf Children, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Incredibles, How to Train Your Dragon, Hedgehog in the Fog, The Land Before Time, Toy Story 3, World of Tomorrow, Mulan, Inside Out, Sita Sings the Blues, Toy Story, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Actually, those should be reversed. It should be Toy Story and then The Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas and Toy Story. Toy Story is number one, statistically, uh, from Tiebreakers. So, you know, A lot of Pixar movies ahead of it. Um, Some anime films ahead. You've got Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's a couple of shorts in World of Tomorrow, Hedgehog in the Fog, Logorama. Uh, You've got the Lego movie. Um, All three Toy Story movies. Uh, Wolf Children. And How to Train Your Dragon. The Land Before Time. Uh, Sita Sings the Blues, which... Less than a thousand people have seen this movie on Letterboxd, and I think that that's a shame. I, I really, uh, man, I, I just found it so enjoyable, and I w- I haven't revisited revisited it since seeing it for the first time. But I, I really think highly, so, so highly of that movie. Uh, so Moana makes an impact there as well. It's you know it's just, it's such a a good movie, it's just a really good movie, guys, Um, looking at the spreadsheet, it is the second highest uh, Disney movie, Disney animated movie, rated PG, so Zootopia was also rated PG, Mulan and The Lion King are both rated G, Uh, it is the third highest uh, film that passes all the marks on the Bechdel test Uh, Zootopia and Mulan both pass them but the Lion King fails to it doesn't have its female characters speak to each other Uh, Sarabi and Nala do not exchange words Um, it is the highest rated fantasy Disney movie Uh, kinda like is Zootopia fantasy isn't it I don't know why it wouldn't it wouldn't be a fantasy. It seems like it's a fantasy. Um, let me see, see, see. See Zotope, or Letterbox does not categorize it as a fantasy. IMDB does not categorize it as a fantasy, which is like so strange to me. I feel like it is a fantasy. Um, because The Lion King is just animals. But I guess Utopia is just, animals. but like they talk, but like Lion King talks, so talking is not nece- does not equate to fantasy. But like if I look at a, like look at other movie animated movies, so like Aladdin, but that has magic, Fantasia magic, Fantasia two thousand magic, Snow White magic, Winnie the Pooh, they're like stuffed animals that come to life. I don't know. Anyway, Moana highest fantasy rated film uh, for animated Disney movies, and yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I just I wanted to keep talking about Moana. That's why we're talking about Disney animated films right now. I I really sincerely hope that it is recognized at the Oscars. I really sincerely hope that everyone goes out and sees it. I think you know it's the, it the it's like already some of my top listened to songs of all time. Well, I guess all times kind of not true, but in at least in like the last year or so, I've probably listened to the the songs from this movie more than a hefty majority of anything else I've listened to since in the last year. I. Fully expect to see... So, looking at uh, like the animated film Oscar race right now... You know, I think it's kind of a dead heat between Zootopia and Moana. Uh, I think Kubo is definitely going to be a selection. But then, the fourth and fifth slot, I'm not sure. You know, I expect at least one of them to come from a foreign country. Uh, I, I don't know too many... Of the other animated films, you know, a lot of talk has been going on about Sing. Uh, it's been getting a solid amount of buzz. So I'll have to see. We'll see if that has a chance to, like, break into that list. Uh, but then after that, you know, I don't think... I don't think Sausage Party is going to make it. I don't think Finding Dory should make it. Or Storks, or Kung Fu Panda th- 3, or Trolls, or The Secret Life of Pets. Or the Angry Birds movie. like none of those movies feel at all w- worthy. you know finding Dory is probably the one that's most likely to make it in out of those uh, the ones I just named, although I hear I hear sausage Party is making a hard push to get a nomination, so it I guess I guess it could get one, but i I just don't I don't think it deserves it. It's just it's not good enough, frankly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm Moana. That so so that's that's the episode. That's it. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Moana statistics episode. You can find all of my contact information at circleoffilm.com, uh, as well as. All my old episode podcast episodes, and the new ones are posted there uh, daily, presumably. And uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned, uh, and you'll we'll, tomorrow. The tomorrow's episode is looking to be a uh, let's see, an Allied and loving review. So I, I saw Allied tonight, and depending and so I'm intending to see loving tomorrow night well, I guess I guess technically I saw Allied last night and I'm intending to see loving tonight based on what time it is uh, so that that's the goal and I'm really looking forward to loving these are loving particularly is a, a definitely an Oscar contender or is being portrayed as one I, I don't think allied is quite in the same conversation. But I think that based on the order in the which I'm seeing movies, that's the pairing of movies that are gonna do the review. I, I I don't I'm not attached really to either of these enough to say that I think I could cover one of them in an entire episode. So I thought I'd kind of like what I did with Bleed for This and Billy Lynn is kind of stick them together. So that's the plan. Uh, Thank you for listening. And lastly, but not leastly, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same tonight. Come on, baby, when we paint the town. And all the jazz.